You could almost feel the virtual fist pumps from Kansas fans when news broke last week that basketball coach Bill Self had threatened a lawsuit against the NCAA. KU and the NCAA haven't held anything back in their dueling public statements involving the NCAA's investigation into the basketball program. But on today's Sports Beat KC, KU beat writer Jesse Newell provides a deeper explanation into the lawsuit threat and why KU might hope it doesn't come to that. Later, football is the topic, and Kansas got some good news on the health front when it came to athletes returning to campus. Fingers are crossed. It's Tuesday, June 23rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Let's get started with Jesse Newell. Hey, Jesse, how you doing today? Doing right, Blair. Trying to get some feeling back in my mouth. We're, we're working on it. Yes, a little trip to the dentist today. I had one last <laughs> week. Did they, uh, did they put the temperature uh, thing up to your head, or how'd they take your temperature? Yeah, it's the great. It's like uh, the radar guns in baseball. They kind of shoot right. your forehead, you know, and automatically <laughs> they know that you're 98.2 or whatever, so... Um, I've never been 98.2 on my fastball, so I'm sure glad that I was 98.2 when it came to my temperature. Yeah, yeah. Well, hope everything worked out okay for you at the dentist. We'll see. When it all becomes unnumb, I, I will let you know. Okay. All right. Very good. Hey, so late last week, story breaks, and um, I, let's, I wanted to talk to you about it. It is uh, involves Bill Self and considering legal action against the NCAA – um, as, uh, you know, in, in light of the, the investigation, the NCAA investigation into the program, um, hasn't, hasn't done it yet, but is considering the legal action against the NCAA. Take us through it, Jesse. What is the, um, what, what is Bill Self's issue? Uh, and of course, Bill didn't talk about it. He, he, uh, we, we got information from his attorney, Scott Thompson, but, uh, yeah, just take us through it, Jesse. And what, what's going on here? Yeah, I think it's important to kind of clarify this and to make sort of clear what's going on because, again, when these things happen and they're sort of legal matters, they can be sort of complex, sort of complicated, and I think sometimes maybe the wrong message uh, gets out there or maybe the wrong inclination that a lot of fans have when they see this from the outside and perhaps, you know, get the wrong idea of, of what's actually going on here. Uh, so. You're right. The main message is that uh, Scott Thompson, Bill Self's attorney, wrote a letter to the NCAA basically saying to um, hold on to your documents, make sure this ev evidence is preserved because potentially um, Bill Self down the line could consider legal action against the NCAA. And so I've heard from a lot of KU fans basically just saying, good for Self, take them on, you know, when's the fight, that sort of thing. And I, I don't think that's exactly the correct take in this whole matter. And it's sort of interesting, Blair, you can go back. I've been doing some research on this. And um, Todd McNair, it should sound very familiar to you, Todd McNair, because when I heard the name, I was like, that sounds really familiar for some reason. And then it clicked. It's the former Chiefs running back that I watched <laughs> growing up in the area. But uh, he has and still has a very um, interesting and ongoing case against the NCAA that is sort of similar to what Bill Self potentially would do in the future, which basically claims defamation of the NCAA, but um, he was the USC running backs coach as part of the whole Reggie Bush thing. And basically at the end of it, he got a one-year show cause and could not work in the NCAA anymore and had you know, struggles getting a job after that. But that started, his lawsuit started in 2011. It was in California, had a lot of, had to go through a lot of judges, a lot of different, basically uh, hoops to jump through to get to it. And then finally got settled in 2018 
with a jury trial, but they found in favor of the NCAA. So a seven-year process, sort of the same thing that Bill Self potentially could go through, and it found in favor of the NCAA. However, um, just recently, that case now has is going to get a new jury trial because they found that one person on the jury um, had a connection to the NCAA had previously had a family member work for the NCAA. So uh, it's kind of getting back into the limelight as well. But what's interesting about this case, looking into it, you just mentioned the key character, Scott Thompson, is Bill Self's attorney. We'll go look at who originally was Todd McNair's attorney, Scott Thompson. So this letter here basically says that Bill Self is, you know, if it wasn't clear before and all this language has been spoken back and forth, they're not bluffing here. You know what I mean? Like they're potentially, if this thing does not go Bill Self's way, they potentially are going to sue the NCAA in a similar manner to what Todd McNair did. And just because a jury did not find uh, the NCAA responsible here, they're still kind of like the David Beatty case. There was a whole mess of things that were brought up in this case that did not shine positive light on the NCAA, including some documents from the Committee on Infractions that were pretty embarrassing, basically, where they were uh, making all these claims against Todd McNair and basically going after him that they potentially did not want to see the light of day in the limelight. However, having said all that, Blair, um, this is not something that Bill Self or anybody wants to get it to. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Bill Self sues the NCAA... It will be because something very severe happened to Kansas and him personally. So um, this is basically, um, if you're Scott Thompson, again, this has happened in the past with him before, so he sort of has a, a playbook with this. But this is laying the groundwork as Bill Self's attorney to potentially set something in the future just in case it's needed. But again, for all parties involved, and I would include the NCAA in that because they have a lot to lose with this case, I don't think anybody wants it to come to that point where Bill Self is potentially suing the NCAA because if that happens, then this whole thing exploded. And, and this is kind of a mess that somebody will have to try to clean up. So that's a long answer to your early question, but it is sort of fascinating when you get to these deeper levels and to sort of the ties that have happened here and, and the similarities to uh, the former Chiefs running back Todd McNair. Uh, but for Bill Self, again, some fans out there have heard them say, great, Bill Self's going after him, go get him, Bill. No, no, no. If this case goes to trial, it's going to be, it probably won't be a seven-year-long process. That seems kind of like a California outlier, but it'll be a years-long process, and it would be the result of something very bad happening to Bill Self as part of this NCAA case. So for all parties involved, it's better off if that never happens. Yeah, and the Todd McNair example is um, for for one year of sh a one year show cause, and yes. you know it's you know a seven year battle that may be you know uh, being relitigated right now. So as you said, um, okay, so what is the um, so what's the crux of the issue though for Bill in this? I Thompson said in his letter that um, uh, that he brought up the, some issues that we've talked about previously that have been out there. Uh, that basically it, it it reflects the Kansas response to the NCAA in terms of you know look we're not denying things happen but these happen in college basketball programs the the um, you know the, the the shoe and apparel company as um, as 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 a booster so what else is here what else is going on um, for, what is the basis of this yeah I think. Again, for and to, Scott Thompson, we have that letter available inside of our story that was posted last week, cansay.com. If people want to go and just sort of read exactly the language in there and, and, and what he's alleging here. But um, I think it's a couple of things. You know, the, the crux of this case, what it will and always will come back to is 
the NCAA is trying to establish in that KU had these level one violations, these five level one violations in men's basketball. The, the, the way to get Kansas guilty of that, basically, or to try to prove them guilty of that is to say that Adidas and the representatives were boosters of the school. And that Bill Self and, and Curtis Townsend should have known that those guys were boosters of the school. They were, um, you know, they had KU's interest in, in mind. Now, that is a new thing that has never been tried under NCAA before. You know what I mean? So I think that's part of it because if you look at the letter that you've talked about with Scott Thompson, he mentions the athletic article from Seth Davis where Mike Bray, who was just, you know, the outgoing NABC president, talked about, hey, um, I would be surprised if that was a new rule because everybody works with their shoe apparel companies. Everybody talks to them when it comes to recruiting. And so you kind of go down a slippery slope if you start to say, well, you know, Adidas is a booster for Kansas. Well, now you have kind of a Pandora's box here of like, okay, to these AAU events. Um, is If Nike is giving uh, money to one of these AAU programs and then that kid commits to Nike at, at Duke, is, is that a problem? Or um, you, know, you can just kind of think of all these other possibilities that happen with it. The other thing, if you look at the actual notice of allegations, um, sometimes it can be sort of misconstrued in there. But, uh, you know, the Bill Self, what they're finding him responsible for is sort of what I talked about earlier, that he should have known about this in this program. He should have known that this was taking place. But it's a little bit different from some of the other cases because the notice of allegations does not tie him directly to two payments being made. Um, it basically says he should have known about what Adidas was doing and, and stopped those representatives from it happening. So again, part of the defamation here is um, maybe allegations being made where um, there's sort of an insinuation that, that Bill Self was making the payments. And like in the NC, NC State case, there is a more direct tie of an assistant coach making payments, uh, those sorts of things. So uh, I think it's a long way of saying, um, you know, Again, laying the groundwork, potentially having this ready if it's ever needed in the future, but um, sort of, you know, there's that really strong message uh, from Thompson in that letter basically to say to, you know, somebody's trying to take down a Hall of Famer and his career uh, in this one sort of big swing here. Um, and so it's it's interesting if you look back to the Todd McNair case, there is some similar language there when it comes to, uh, you know, tr trying to. I think the word there was collateral damage in that case, basically make Todd McNair collateral damage for an NCAA that was trying to reassert its power, that sort of thing. And um, you can see some similarities in this case. I think that would be the argument that if this ever got to that point that, that KU side would be making, or uh, not KU side, uh, that Bill self to be making, that basically the NCAA overstepped the bounds and, and, and needed blood from someone and that Bill Self was sort of collateral damage here. So again, part of a long and, and extended case, but I, I think... The evidence there, um, especially with the previous cases out there, like the Todd McNair case, they want to attorneys for Bill Self and Bill Self will want to make sure uh, that the NCAA is doing everything right here and not maybe basically just going out for blood to get blood. And uh, that's potentially the case that that Bill Self would make in any sort of trial. But again, I think for all parties involved, nobody wants it to get to that point because at that point it'll get very ugly for both sides and become a very bitter legal battle for both of the sides in this matter. Right. And here's the, here's the quote from the letter from uh, Thompson, um, speaking to what you just mentioned. And he says, to put it bluntly, the NCAA enforcement staff is attempting to end Mr. Self's long and very successful coaching career for conduct, which all coaches engage in 
and in, in, in which the NCAA is known for many years as commonplace and permissible. So that's um, yeah, that's what Thompson Thompson said about. Yeah, Blair, you hit on the key word there, which is permissible. Um, I think that's a key word throughout this whole thing as as everyone goes forward. Is that I just talked about the Adidas representatives and shoe companies working with coaches when it comes to recruiting. And so again, the argument there is basically saying you are trying. Uh, like you like like you quote in the letter, basically ending Bill Self's career because the argument there is that he should have known about this or should have known Adidas was a booster or should have known that this was taking place. The argument from Tom Sitt in that letter is basically just saying, hey, look, even Mike Bray, who is considered by almost everybody as a clean coach, as a guy who uh, you know follows the rules, he's the one saying that this is this is stuff that happens to him. This he's the outgoing NABC president, and he's saying that of course I talk to shoe companies when it comes to. Uh, recruiting. So basically, their argument, Scott Thompson's argument, Bill Self's argument, is that you, the NCAA is trying to find Bill Self guilty. And potentially, you, you mentioned the show cause, it's at least on the table or a long suspension. They're trying to really disrupt his career based off of something that not only um, has it never been tried before in the NCAA, but that big word you mentioned, permissible. It is permissible contact with Adidas. Now, again, that's that's a lawyer's agreement or a, a lawyer's argument there. And that's Bill Self's argument. And obviously, um, you know, th- those are things that are going to be argued over time. But that is a very important word there. And that is kind of what would make up potentially um, a future lawsuit is if it was found that the NCAA overstepped the bounds. And again, they're going to kind of hint back or, or hit back over and over again on the fact uh, potentially that, hey, this is something that happens with a lot of coaches out there. And not only that, it's something that is allowed and that coaches like Mike Bray believe should happen, even when those sorts of coaches are the ones that uh, are believed to be the cleanest of the clean out there. And, and, and they're the ones partaking in the same sort of activity um, that, K- that KU and, and obviously Bill Self are being alleged of uh, partaking in. You know, you brought up the Todd McNair example early, and you beat me to an example. I wasn't going to go Todd McNair. I was going to go Jerry Tarkanian, who um, who went through a long, drawn-out process with the NCAA. And I'll, I'll just briefly uh, go over what, what uh, Tark, the former UNLV coach, you know, coach of the 1990 National Championship running Rebels. And when he was at, at Vegas, in it was in 1977 that uh, the NCAA put Vegas on two years of probation. And they pressured the school into suspending him. And Tarkanian sued the NCAA and said that, look, to do something like that is to violate uh, his, his right to due process. And he got a favorable ruling from a Nevada judge who, who issued an injunction. So Tarkanian remained the coach. And that case eventually made it to the, to the Supreme Court. And in 1988, the Supreme Court ruled that the NCAA had the right to discipline its school members. But in that decade, in that decade, from the time that the NCAA pressured Vegas until the Supreme Court ruled, it became uh, pretty apparent that the NCAA enforcement process was stacked heavily, heavily against the schools. And, you know, for reasons, there was no due process. And, um, and, And so basically... NCAA got a victory in that, um, you know, they, they ruled, they, the Supreme Court ruled in favor. They were able to enforce their, their members, but it was a long, long drawn out process, as it is with Todd McNair and Southern Cal uh, with, with football. 
And as we know, Tarkanian never missed a year of coaching uh, UNLV and had a long career and ended up in the Naismith Hall of Fame as as is Bill Self right now and um, and is really seen as one of the you know one of the great college basketball coaches of all time. So there is there is precedent for. Um, legal action against the NCAA. But as you mentioned earlier, this if it comes to that for Kansas and for Bill Self, then maybe not maybe not a great thing. Um, no, it, it's not, Blair. And I, I think you make a good point. And again, this is me staying at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So I, I want to tell everybody <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, um, but here I am reading up on lawyery stuff. So I'm going to pretend like I know something here. But um, I think it's interesting too, you know, if you sue for something like, like Todd McNair, sue for defamation. Um, the standard of the bar is pretty high from what I've read. You know, not only you have to go out there and, and, and prove that the, st- the statement was false, but you have to sort of prove that it was made maliciously. And so uh-huh. um, what's interesting about Todd McNair's case is that I talked about that seven-year process it took to get to a jury. And usually these things get settled before then. Uh, you know, we talked about David Beatty's case. It seemed like it was going to go to trial for a while. And then, of course, it got settled out of court. I mean, court is expensive, you know, those sorts of things. But um, what's interesting about that is over that time period, there were many, many different judges from what I've read and researched about this that basically said, hey, Todd McNair, you got a case here. You know, you have a case. This thing can keep going, keep moving. And there's like anti-slap laws that has to continue to get by all these sorts of things. So it had to move through all these processes. But the danger there is it got in front of a jury and there's no guarantees with a jury. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen there. So I don't know necessarily um, that we can look at that case and just say, oh, the NCAA absolutely won there. And again, we talk about the the, the back and forth pull with the PR. I mean, there were lots of NCAA documents, emails that basically were, you know, NCAA members came out very strongly in emails against Todd McNair that usually they want that stuff hidden behind closed doors. And instead, right. as part of discovery, it comes out and, and people start to see the inner workings, start to, start to see, hey, maybe this was not a, a clean process from the beginning. And the one thing that kind of pops my mind is you remember uh, the comments that Stan Wilcox made to Dennis Dodd early in this process where he talked about how severe the punishments were going to be for these schools involved. And I know there's been lots of mention in the KU letters since basically to say, hey, uh, you know, you're trying to to basically make a verdict before these people have been heard and, and had their process play out as the uh, as the NCAA's process is supposed to play out. So um, there's danger and there's risk on both sides here. So for the NCAA, um, you know, if this did come about, potentially there still could be a settlement because they wouldn't want a lot of that come to the light of day. But again, the danger is to have some of that discovery come out and potentially lose and lose a landmark case. For Bill Self, obviously, um, the thing to lose is, you know, his career. <laughs> I mean, right. if he got a show cause, if he got a long suspension, if he couldn't work in college anymore, yeah, I mean, this is a course of action he can take, but it's not the course of action he would want to take. Um, and, and that would take, as you mentioned, years. It would be a drawn-out process. Uh, it would work out over time. You talk about Tarkani, we talk about Todd McNair. Um, it might not take that long, but it would be a, a drawn-out process. So um, both of these sides have a lot to lose. I, I think that's there's no question about that. But in the meantime, it is posturing. It is a statement sent across, and it is, I think, a very definite message to basically, uh, if there was any question from before, Bill Self's not bluffing here. I mean, if this thing doesn't go his way, this is an avenue that he is going to pursue, 
And obviously, um, the groundwork has to be set for the NCAA to keep all those documents I just talked about. Um, that's in that Thompson letter to say, hey, make sure your evidence is preserved because potentially that could be part of discovery and go a little bit similar to the Todd McNair case where you could potentially find some NCAA documents that could help build self in a future case. So sort of fascinating in that way, but I don't think – I think anybody who tells you that, yes, Bill Self is ready to stand up the NCAA and knock them out, uh, that's not exactly what this is. This is a measure that Bill Self, I'm sure, does not want to get to because if he does, it means something very serious happened and happened uh, not in his favor. Very good. All right, Jesse, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will switch sports. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Jesse Newell, who covers Kansas for the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. And on yesterday's SportsBeatKC, Jesse, we had Kellis Robinette, covers uh, Kansas State. And we had Matt Conley, who covers Clemson for the state in Columbia, South Carolina. And we had those two on to speak to the, the, the problems in the football programs at K-State and Clemson when it comes to the coronavirus. Kansas State had 14 positive tests. They have shut down or suspended their, their workouts. And Clemson had 23 positives. And even though they, they have so many, they did not shut down. But, but you know, in both cases, isolated, quarantined the, the athletes. And they're just two of a handful of schools. We've heard it. Um, we've heard others like Houston, which has suspended its workouts. Texas has had high numbers. LSU has, has had high numbers of football players back on campus, along with other athletes and staff members who have uh, tested positive. Well, Kansas has had athletes back as well. And Kansas is one of the schools. Again, I, I said this uh, on Monday and I'll, I'll continue to say it. Um, I, I really appreciate it, and I think it's a good public service for schools to make this information public, and not all schools are doing that, but but K-State did, and, and Kansas did as well, and Kansas at least initially got some good news when it came to testing for COVID-19. Tell us uh, what the numbers were. Yeah, so they tested um, 196 people total. That was 86 football players and then 110 staff members. They gave them all the swab, and then on the players, they gave them the antibody test, too. Jeff Long talked about that. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of question marks about the antibody test. I'll just say that out loud because I think that's kind of the elephant in the room here. But out of uh, precautionary reasons, Jeff Long said that they, they had consulted you know, their Kansas team health and the system that kind of they have in place and that they felt that that was better to do to see if potentially players had contracted it before. But out of all that, one player tested positive currently for the coronavirus and one player tested positive for the antibodies. So that's out of 196. Now, again, 
the deep breath is here. And I agree with you, Blair. I think KU deserves a lot of credit and, and a lot of credit in general, uh, if I can speak sort of generically, because ever since Douglas Sherrod became chancellor, you know, he is a doctor himself. He worked very closely with the medical center and they created this Kansas team health where now strength conditioning coaches, trainers, they all are working now underneath other medical people instead of working for coaches. So it adds kind of a layer of protection in there that KU doesn't have to do, but it is good for the student athletes. Sometimes when the student athletes don't have many rights, you know, you might be forced out there to play or those sorts of things. It is a good measure to have to try to protect those athletes a little bit better. But ever since Douglas Gerard has been in charge here, um, they have taken actionable steps to try medically to do things in the right way for their student athletes. I think this is another example where, like you talked about, making clear who tested positive or not exactly who, but how many did. I think that's a good step. The question mark I have, and this is the question, which is K-State reported that when all their players first got back to campus, they had no positives. And then very quickly, they started to escalate. Those numbers, KU did not put a timestamp with them. So potentially that 196 could have been when everybody first checked back into campus. So it sounds weird to say, but if those are the very first result, very first results, then Kansas with one coronavirus case was actually worse than K-State, which had none to start with. And the thing kind of spread from there. So I hope the updates will keep coming. Again, based off everything KU has done and Douglas Sherrod has done, I have good reason to believe based on earlier actions that the updates will continue to come, but it is just a starting point. It has to be an encouraging starting point for now to only have one and believe that you could potentially can kind of contain that one. But as we saw with K-State, as we have seen with Clemson and LSU out there, this thing can kind of spiral out of control if uh, a few guys get it and a few guys get it and they kind of get exposed to other people. So it's sort of still wait and see, but as you mentioned, I think for now that has to be considered an encouraging a moment for KU Athletics that only one out of 196 tested positive for coronavirus right now. You, you make a good point, and, and you're right, that the, the initial report from Kansas State was positive as well. Uh, it, it, the, good, the news was good, I should say. And, uh, and, and then a week later, you know, they're shutting things down. You know, Jesse, I, I, don't, I don't know if this plays a part in, in, in this. Uh, we're all, this is all new to everyone, and we're all going through it for the, for the first time. But this is a, an issue that, um, that that Kellis and Matt brought up on on Monday. Look, college kids are college kids, right? They're it's, it's tough to you know it's tough to say you know you can't socialize, you can't be with other people. Um, even you know even in the summer, um, you've you know bars are open in some places, restaurants have reopened, and and you're gonna you're just gonna be around other people, and, and these are young you know young healthy people. Um, that, however, is how this is how the virus spreads, and and you, you have one person go to a you know a bar or restaurant, and they bring it back to the workouts, and and all of a sudden it's uh, now you know, now you're exposed to to other people, and I, I guess that's is this a I, I guess what I'm asking, what I'm going to ask is 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 this a you know a warning sign for for college campuses when they reopen, and you know for you know, for, for when all the teams are, are back and, and schedules are out and, and it's, we're at the beginning of the fall season for not just football, for all fall sports and, and then going into winter sports. And um, you live in Lawrence and I mean, you, you know, you know what's open, what's not on, on Mass Street and, you know, where, where the students hang tend to hang out. Uh, 
what um, you know, how how do you size up what the you know what what students are going through when they come back on campus and how that might play into what's you know a football season or or a sports season? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, I think you've heard Dr. Fauci basically talk about this a lot, where one of the big things he's talked about for sports to return is the ability to kind of create a bubble, you know, to kind of create yep, a, right. a, a space for yourself to kind of contain people inside it. And uh, in professional leagues, that is somewhat feasible, maybe not 100% feasible, but somewhat feasible. Um, colleges, it's just not. It, it's not. It, you know, we, we can't really get any other way around it. And, um, you know, there's all these things. Uh, you try to think about a, a million things with this, but then, you know, something happens like this, what happened last week, and then you think of a million more. You talked about some schools are saying they're coronavirus positives. Some schools are not. So if you're Kansas and you've been very forthright about it, and you're playing New Hampshire the first week, and they don't have the money to test their athletes. Um, and, and you've yeah. talked about how your students and your athletes' welfare is number one priority. What do you do? I mean, that's what, what do you do? I don't know the answer to that. And um, obviously, for this thing to work out at all, it, it, it sounds very harsh, but it's going to have to require some people to basically – I've kind of become like the right side of my lip right now, which is numb to uh, <laughs> some of these positive tests because uh, that's going to happen. It just is. And so I don't know the feasibility. I mean, obviously the people that want the sports to restart, they say, Hey, this is not a demographic that's in danger. College age kids basically do not die from this. You know, the jury is still out on whether a couple things, number one, whether coronavirus creates long-term damage in people's bodies. And I, I can't imagine the class action lawsuit that somebody could have if potentially this summer and rushing people back created lung problems for a whole generation of college athletes. I, you know, I wouldn't want to envision that. And then also uh, just the ability, as you mentioned, for that to be spread to other people. And for now, you know, for K-State's thing to shut it down, it seems very reasonable. It seems like a very smart thing to do. But what if that happened week one? What if out of 14 coronavirus positives, if 10 of them were on the defensive line because they probably all got it in a very close yeah. setting and you have no defensive linemen? Um, that's, that's sort of, even if this is going to happen, that's sort of the, 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 the questions that go through your mind. And, and if it happened week one for K-State, I'm assuming that they couldn't play their first three games. Uh, I, I would assume that's the case. So, yeah, there's, right. there's challenges. There's difficulties here. Um, I can definitely empathize and understand why there was a belief a month ago when things seemed a little bit better, honestly, that, uh, that you need to try this and see where it goes. And you can always change your mind at the end. But um, yeah, I, I think that the more that happens, the more questions that get brought up and the more it seems like if there is a season at all, it is going to be very disjointed. Uh, it is going to be teams that are fine and teams that are not fine and teams that have, um, uh, 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 most of its team contracted and teams that uh, are basically untouched, but um, it, it does create a lot of complications when it try when you're trying to figure out a schedule and bringing people together and you know just the logistics of everything happening. So yeah, a lot of answers we don't have right now. But it's, uh, the short answer to your question is, student athletes right now don't. <laughs> again, uh, they're they're starting to get name image likeness 
um, in the NCAA. They're starting to get stipends. A long time for a long time, though, the college athletes, the NCAA athletes, were the ones with the least amount of power. Um, so their motivations are probably going to be different than professional athletes who know that this is their livelihood. This is how they're making their money. You're right, Blair. If you show back on a college campus and you're a college kid, you're probably going to want to go to a party. <laughs> and and you know what? I was in college too. So were you, Blair? Uh, yep. I'm not, I don't think I'm speaking that turn. We went to parties too. So I'm not really blaming anybody and I totally understand that, but it just makes it very difficult um, to see how this sort of season is going to function if those sorts of normal things happen and outbreaks are a response or a, a byproduct of that very normal college behavior happening on a college campus. Yeah. So in about three weeks, we'll talk to um, SEC coaches and then a week after that, Big 12 coaches uh, for media days, which uh, are, are going to be virtual this year, uh, Zoom meetings and not in person, which makes all kinds of sense. And um, and, and will that'll I think that'll be the only topic <laughs> that'll come up. And uh, are, are we going to play? Is it going to be uh, a, a normal season? I think I think not. And uh, for all the reasons you mentioned, so my my parting my my parting thought is to wear a mask uh when when you're out in public and and um and maybe and maybe we can we can begin to see some light at the end of the tunnel with this it's only june 23rd so college football season's still more than 2 months away but i don't know the news of the last i don't know, 7 to 10 days just not encouraging at all so well i've got some, right, just, i've got some encouraging well, blair i can start to feel right. the, the right side of my tongue so <laughs> we're going to end this on a positive note and I might be able to drink something without it drooling out the side of my face here in about 30 minutes. Well, you did this with half a tongue tied behind <laughs> your back, which was phenomenal. All right, Jesse, great catching up, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Wells, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. The tip of the cap to Jesse Newell for joining me today to talk KU Sports. Links to stories about the Jayhawks by Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. Still stands, still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. It includes the Sports Extra with the E edition. I just got finished reading. It's 23 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.